Um, so gra grab your Bible, turn to Isaiah 35. You can follow along in the Believer's Fellowship app with the notes as well. But the entire chapter begins, verse 1, says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the flower. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall, be, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Somebody say amen. <laughs> say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Somebody shout amen. amen. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Shout amen. Come on. <laughs> and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. Hallelujah. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the deserts. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Hallelujah. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall pee upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Hallelujah. Lord, would you bless the reading of your word this morning? Help us, Lord, to receive the truth of your word. Ultimately, God, we know Jesus, you are the word of God. And so we receive you today as we receive the written word. Lord, bring transformation, bring healing, bring deliverance as we come to the truth and the power. Bring the Holy Spirit to come alongside the words that we read on the page and bring life into us today. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. 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 So Christmas, it's the season of giving. And the reason that we give gifts at Christmas is because we remember the wonderful gift that God gave us through Jesus. Amen? That's the whole point of this. So when you're sitting around the tree this Christmas, when you're going to different family events and receiving gifts and giving gifts, you, that is all awesome. But we want to make sure we remember that the reason that we even have the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas is because God has given us so much through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And this month I'm preaching this series called Heaven and Nature. And the theme of this series, the whole idea is that when Jesus is born, heaven and nature come together. Heaven and nature meet because God, the king of the universe, whose throne is in heaven, he poured all of what it means to be God inside the body of a human baby boy. And that human baby boy was fully God, fully man. He he lived, he came from heaven, but he lived among human nature, in human nature. Jesus is the point where heaven and nature 
meet. That's what this theme of this message is all about. God dwelling among us as a human being. The divine Christ lives the human experience. Creator comes into creation. Fully God and fully man. Heaven coming down and evading our human nature and rescuing us from our sinful nature. That's the Christmas story. And our text today comes from the Hebrew prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah lived approximately 700 years before Jesus was born. But if you go back and you read the book of Isaiah, it's almost like the entire book is about Jesus. When you read Isaiah and you read through it, and it's something like 60 chapters long, you find Jesus on every page, and Jesus has never been, hasn't even been born yet. In fact, some theologians call Isaiah the, the Christmas prophet because the book of Isaiah is full of prophecies about the coming Messiah. See, 700 years before Jesus, think about, I mean, we, that's a hard even time span for us to conceive of because we think of maybe grandparents or great-grandparents that were born maybe a hundred years ago. So 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah wrote things like the Messiah will come and be born of a virgin 700 years before it ever happened. He, He prophesied that the Messiah would be a direct descendant of King David, and he was through both his biological mother, Mary, and his adopted father, Joseph, Jesus was a descendant of King David. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before, 700 years, he prophesied that the Messiah would come and heal the blind and the sick. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would be, would be crushed and bruised for our sin. Now, here's the thing. That is especially interesting when everybody was expecting a Messiah to come and bruise and crush everybody else. But Isaiah said, no, when the Messiah comes, he's going to look different than what you think he's going to look like. And actually, the Messiah is going to be the one who was crushed and bruised for our sin. He prophesied 700 years before Jesus is born that the Messiah would come and that the Messiah would die. He prophesied that the Messiah would be buried in not just a tomb. He got it so specific. He knew 700 years before Jesus was born and before Jesus died, God told him when the Messiah dies, he's going to be buried in a tomb, but he's not going to own that tomb. It's going to be a borrowed tomb from a rich man. Think about how accurate that was 700 years before Jesus was born. And then he even prophesied that the Messiah would be resurrected. It's all there. The entire gospel story of Jesus is in the book of Isaiah 700 years before Jesus ever walked. The Bible, you should read your Bible. The Bible's amazing. And this is what Isaiah has to say about the Messiah. He says, when he comes, he will not come empty-handed. When he comes, he will not come empty-handed empty-handed. When Jesus comes, he brings gifts with him. He's got something that he wants to bring when he comes and heaven meets nature. Isaiah 35 teaches us a few things, and I want to point them out to you. Isaiah 35, 700 years before Jesus arrives, Isaiah says, Jesus brings change. When Jesus comes, Jesus brings change. Listen, nothing 
stays the same when Jesus shows up. Nothing stays the same when Jesus shows up. Everything changes when Jesus comes on the scene. It's almost like things get turned upside down when Jesus arrives. Just look at some of the things that happen that Isaiah says will happen when Jesus comes on the scene. It says in verse 1, the desert will blossom with new life. How many of you have ever been to a desert? Like you've been out west to a desert? You maybe been to another? Yeah. There, and he says, that desert, think about the desert you've experienced if you've driven out west and you know you go for hundreds of miles and you don't see a tree, you don't see a blade of grass, you don't see any, any water, all you see is sand and mountains and dirt and it's hot. And he says, these deserts will blossom with new life when the Messiah comes. He says, when Jesus shows up, nothing that is dead can stay dead. Nothing that is dry can stay dry. Nothing that is lifeless can stay lifeless. So listen, I want to prophesy to you this morning using Isaiah. Isaiah 35 prophesied it, and I believe that when we put God's word in our mouth, it becomes prophecy in your life. And so Isaiah said the desert will blossom with new life. So if your marriage right now is a desert, guess what? If Jesus would be allowed into your marriage, he will bring new life into your marriage. If your business right now is a dried up desert, guess what? If you'll allow Jesus to come in, he will bring and blossom new life into that dead business. Listen, if your prayer life has been dry and if your prayer life has been a desert, if you will allow Jesus to come in and revive and refresh you this morning, your prayer life will birth new life and you'll begin to see growth and you'll begin to see fruit in your life. Isaiah 35 verse 3 says that weak bodies will be rejuvenated when the Messiah comes. Weak bodies will be rejuvenated. He said, strengthen the weak hands and strengthen those feeble knees. Amen. Somebody's got some feeble knees in the room this morning. Can you say, Jesus, would you come and strengthen some feeble knees this morning in Jesus' name? Prophesy to some hands and some knees today and say, have life and be rejuvenated and be strengthened today in Jesus' name. I prophesy to swollen joints and painful joints today and say, Jesus, come in and bring Bring strength and relieve pain in Jesus' name. See, Jesus, he sent his disciples out two by two and he to go and he said, heal the sick and raise the dead. He sent us out. He sent followers out, not just him. He sent those who love him, those who serve him out to go and said, and then he told his followers before he died, he said, you've seen some great things, but coming soon, you're going to do even greater things than these. You've seen the dead raised. You've seen the sick heal. You've seen the demon possessed set free. And Jesus says, but you're going to do even greater things than this. So I want to say to somebody today, if you were washed in the blood and if you are filled with his spirit, you have power on the inside of you to go and heal the sick. You have power on the inside of you to go and raise the dead. You have power to inside of you to go. And when you pray and lay hands on the sick, you can pray the prayer of faith and you can believe that they will recover because the Bible promised it even hundreds of years before Jesus came he said if you will let Jesus in weak bodies will be rejuvenated hallelujah verse 4 he says the fearful will become 
brave. Let's look at that verse again. He says, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Be strong, fear not. And then he says this, behold, your God will come with vengeance. I want you to understand something. He's not saying in this scripture, if you're dealing with anxiety or fear, he's not saying God's going to come with vengeance against you. He's saying that if you're fearful, if you deal with anxiety, if you deal with fear, if you'll let Jesus in, he's coming and he's not vengeful against you. He's vengeful against anything that has tried to keep you trapped in fear. He's vengeful against anything that's tried to keep you trapped in anxiety. So he's saying if you'll let Jesus in, he'll fight your battle for you. He'll fight your battles for you. He'll go after whatever's been coming after you. And he always wins every battle. Come on. Someone in the room listening that you've been dealing with crippling anxiety. You've been anxious about going to school. You've been anxious about going to work. It it just freezes you up. You're anxious about speaking to other people. You get anxious going to a drive-thru because you have to have your order ready. And they're going to ask you. And there's people behind you. I'm telling you today, Jesus can come in and take away every bit of anxiety and he can take away every bit of fear because where light comes darkness has to flee and where freedom comes chains have to break in Jesus name today I say is your day of deliverance today fear has to leave today anxiety has to go because Jesus is on the scene Jesus is on the scene verse 5 and 6 he says the blind will see the deaf will hear The lame will walk and the mute will sing for joy. Come on. Some preachers, when you read this and in some theological traditions, when they read scriptures like this, they will say that verses like blind seeing and the weak or the lame walking that, you know, that's a metaphor that that's talking about spiritual blindness. Then people will see and people who have been spiritually deaf, they'll hear and people who've been spiritually lame that they will walk. And I say, yes, that, that is what it's talking about. And I just prophesy over somebody today that scales are going to fall from someone's eyes of that backslidden daughter and they're coming back to God. And I prophesy to that family member who's been resistant to hearing the truth of God's word that their their ears would be open to the truth of God's word. And I prophesy to those of you maybe in this room that if you're honest, you've grown weak and you've grown lame in your walk with God. And I prophesy that God's going to bring strength into your walk with him and you're going to learn how to run with Jesus and you're going to get your passion back and you're going to get your zeal back. You're going to get your strut and your swag back and your walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. So it is. Yes, I believe you can read it like a metaphor, but I'm also here to tell you we're a spirit filled church and I believe the Bible and I believe what it says. And I believe I'm here to tell you that when the the Bible talks about the blind seeing, it's talking about the blind seeing. And when it's talking about the deaf hearing, it's talking about the deaf hearing. And when it's talking about the lame walking, honey, it's talking about the lame walking. It is not just a metaphor. Signs and wonders are a feature of this new kingdom that Jesus brought to us when he was born 2,000 years ago. God has promised us in this church. He gave us a promise. You're going to see 100 miracles in this church. And we've seen a few, but I believe somebody's got a miracle miracle waiting on them this morning. You've been diagnosed maybe with failing eyesight and it's just gotten worse and you've settled into the fact that one day you're probably going to be blind or legally blind. You've been dealing with hearing loss and you've been dealing with, well, I'm just going to, it's going to get worse and worse the older and older I get. But listen, I'm prophesying to somebody today 
hey, you've got a miracle with your name on it. When Jesus comes on the scene, the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk in Jesus' mighty name. And I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have all the answers. I don't know why some get healed and I don't know why others don't. All that I know is the Bible tells me in James chapter 5. If anyone is among you sick, let them come and the elders pray over them and anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. All we know is we obey the scriptures and we leave the results up to God. And I, you've come too late to tell me it ain't real. And you've come too late to tell me it doesn't happen. Because I've seen it happen too many times. And I've seen too many miracles. And I've seen too many healings. And I've seen God do too many crazy things for you to tell me that's not real. We just keep praying. We keep believing. We keep playing until we win. Come on. He says, dry river beds will flow with water. Verse six, dry river beds will flow with water. Listen to me. Your life is not meant to be dry and barren. Your womb is not meant to be barren. Your home is not meant to be barren. Your business is not meant to be dry. Your, your marriage is not meant to be dry and barren. He, he says, when Jesus comes in, whatever is dry is going to flow with water again. Jesus is here. And when he comes, he brings change. Listen, somebody needs to hear. Your ministry is going to be fruitful. Your prayer life is going to be powerful. Your walk with God is going to become enjoyable. That dream that you thought was dead is going to be resurrected. That hope that you gave up on today, it gets renewed because Jesus is on the scene. God's stirring the water this morning. He's sending rain this morning. He's got a gift for you this Christmas, and it's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said that if you'll believe in him, rivers of living water will flow up out of you and bubble up out of you, and you will have power, and you will have strength, and you will have life, and that well never, ever runs dry. When Jesus comes, he brings change. He turns things upside down. The proud fall, but the the humble are lifted up. The first are last, but the last are first. He just changes everything when he comes on the scene. Just think about for just a moment how even in the Christmas story, it changes things. How a king like King Herod is afraid of a baby born in a stable. How rich wise men from a far off country, when they come into Jerusalem, they don't go to visit the king in the palace. They go to visit a baby in a stable. How shepherds who are just ordinary people that we would never have even heard of otherwise, but they end up memorialized in the scripture for all eternity because God showed up among humble shepherds instead of in a palace. He just changes everything when he comes. And so if you need change this morning, you're in the right place. If you need change this morning, you've come to the right place because Jesus is here and wherever Jesus goes, he brings change. Second thing this morning that the scripture says, Jesus brings joy. Jesus brings joy. Verse 10 says this, everlasting joy shall be upon their heads and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Everlasting joy is ours if we will fall in love with Jesus. If we will follow Jesus, everlasting joy is ours. Now listen to this. This is important. Joy is serious business. 
Joy is serious business. We don't just talk about joy flippantly. Joy is not when you open your presents on Christmas morning and you get exactly what you wanted, you're going to be ecstatic. You're going to be so excited, but that's not joy. That's happiness. And I want you to have a happy Christmas. But that is not true joy. Because joy is not based on my current circumstances. Joy or my current experiences. Joy is based on my future expectations. See, if you're living moment to moment, looking for this moment to give you joy, you will be looking forever. If you're looking to the past to bring you joy, you will be looking forever. Joy is always a future-oriented experience. Joy always looks to what's coming ahead. Joy, I, I, that's why some people can be going through hell on earth but still have joy. Because joy is not based on what I'm experiencing right now. Joy is based on what I know is going to happen. Joy is always looking forward. You cannot stay stuck in the past and be a joyful person. You cannot live for the moment and be a joyful person. The only way you can be a joyful person is to look forward into what God has for you in the future. See, I can have joy in my desert because I know God promised to send me water. I can have joy in my sickness because I know God promised me my healing. I can have joy in my tragedy because I know God has promised to give me victory. I can have joy in the struggle because I know God has promised to deliver me. I can have joy in the darkest of nights because I can see the light of a clear blue morning coming my way. The Bible says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And the Bible promised me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Bible promised me that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I can have have joy, not because of what you've done for me, not because of what my job has done for me, not because of what my boss said about me, not because of what my paycheck looks like, not because of how much little or how little debt I have. I can have joy in the midst of all kinds of circumstances because my joy is not based on what I'm experiencing. My joy is based on what I'm expecting God to do in my life. Someone in the room today, you've allowed the problems of life to rob you of your joy. You've allowed the circumstances of life and your, your eyes have been focused on what's going on right now. Or your eyes are focused on that offense or that bad thing or that tragedy that happened in the past. And you're so stuck in the present or you're so stuck in the past that the present and the past, they have robbed you of your joy. And you're not able to enjoy life and you're not able to enjoy your family and you're not able to enjoy even the Lord. You're not even able to enjoy church because you're carrying some past hurt. You're carrying some past wounds and your eyes are focused on the past or everything's going wrong right now in, in your life right now and you just don't have any faith to look toward the future and you have allowed yourself to become robbed of your past but I came by to tell somebody this morning get your mind off your past get your mind off your problems and get your mind on God's promises take authority over your mind take authority over your feelings over your emotions begin to prophesy to yourself and you say self 
Jesus brought me joy. Joy is mine. Joy is my purpose. Joy is my calling. Joy is my destiny. The devil can't steal my joy. The difficulties of life cannot diminish my joy. Circumstances can't defeat my joy. My spouse can't argue with my joy. My kids can't make me relinquish my joy. The government can't outlaw my joy. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to dance in. I'm going to shout in. And I'm going to praise in the joy of the Lord because he has promised me something in my future. I'll have joy if y'all won't have any. I'm just going to have a good day no matter what. Y'all can stay stuck. I'm going to have joy. I choose joy because joy is not based on my current experiences. It's not based on my past problems. My joy is based on my expectation that God is going to fulfill his word. He's going to fulfill every promise. One of these days, even if you never experience a healing in this life, one of these days, if you stick with Jesus, he's going to resurrect that body. And when that body comes up out of the ground, those knees aren't going to hurt. Those joints aren't going to hurt. That cancer's not going to define you. See, I have joy even if I never experience it here because I know I'm going to experience there. Come on. He will fulfill his word in my life. Hallelujah. Jesus brings joy. Lastly, I'm getting done fast. See, y'all, you talk back to me. I preach faster when y'all preach back. (laughs) Lastly, Jesus brings a new way of life. Jesus brings a new way of life. Isaiah 35, verse 8 and 9. He says, he's talking about the desert still. And he says, there'll be a highway through the desert. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools. I've been a fool before. I've been foolish. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. There shall not be found, they shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. A highway, he says, when Jesus comes, when the Messiah comes, a highway is going to be made through the desert wilderness that leads, verse 9 and 10 say, to Zion, that lead to the presence of God. And he says this new road that will come traveling through the wilderness of this world and the desert of this lost, fallen world, it is an entirely new way of life. It's an entirely new way of life. It's an entirely different direction to walk than the way the rest of the world is walking. He he says if you If you want to be on this road, you can't go the way of the unclean. You can't go the way of the world. If you want to get on this highway that takes you to the right destination, you've got to to follow the the way of this highway. There there are certain certain expectations. There's a certain way to walk if you want to walk on this road. But he says the unclean can't go on this road. And so, you know, just like every highway has an access point, you have to merge onto the highway from somewhere. This highway has only one access point, and it's the blood of Jesus. 
This highway has only one place. Nobody gets on it by their own merit. You've got to go through the blood to get on this highway of holiness that leads to the presence of God. You've got to go through Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am this highway of holiness. I am this road. I am this walkway that's going to lead you right into the presence of God. And if you want to get on this way, you've got to follow my ways. Listen. So on this road, see, the world says, you know, if somebody steals from you, you steal back from them and you get it back. But, but Jesus, he says, my way is if somebody steals your coat from you, give them your shirt too. The world says, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The world says, you know, get back, get even. Jesus says, somebody strikes you on one cheek, give them the other cheek. Because he's saying, listen, on this road, it's a whole new way of life. Because he turns everything upside down. He changes everything. And so he says, when the Messiah comes, this new way of life, this new walk, it's the only highway that leads out of the desert and into the life that God has for you. And he says, if you choose this road, there's safety on this road. If you choose this highway, there's protection on this highway. If you choose this highway, the road leads out of the dry desert and into the peaceful valley. The road leads from deadly places and into healthy places. It's the road that leads from death and leads into eternal life. It's the road that leads us into the very presence of the Lord. And Jesus, Isaiah prophesies 700 years before Jesus comes. When Messiah comes, he's going to provide a highway, listen, that leads out of desert wastelands. When Jesus comes, he's going to provide a way that leads out of depression. When Jesus comes, he's going to provide a way that leads out of sin. When Jesus comes, he's going to provide a way that leads out of bondage and out of slavery. He's going to give you a, a pathway that leads you out of fear and out of anxiety. He's saying God is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to change everything. And he's going to give you joy. Not joy based on what you're going through, but joy based on where you know this path will lead you to. And he says it's a whole new way of life. It's totally different than the way the rest of the world lives. But it's the only way to get out of the rest of the way the, the rest of the world lives. This highway, and his name is Jesus. Because he says, if you want this, you've got to choose his way. And then Jesus comes along and he says, in John, he says, I am the way. I am the way. And he says, if anybody wants to enter into the, into the kingdom, you've got to come through. I'm the gate. I'm the door. I'm the way. I am the access point that gets you onto this new way of life and gets you into the presence of God. See, if you happen to be in heaven, sitting next to God 2,030 years ago, 40 years ago, and you just kind of were able to see the world from God's perspective, what you would see is a desert wasteland. You would see fear and anxiety. You would see I, I mean, you know, you think that when we go to a hospital um, Ward today that things look bad. Think about before there was ever a hospital, before there was ever medicine, before there was ever doctors, before there was ever, and you know, most hospitals, you trace their history back, a Christian started that hospital at some point. And so before even there were, there were nurses and people who cared for the sick, and just, if you were just, 20, you know, 
Just 2,030, 40 years ago, if you were able to see the earth from God's perspective, it looks exactly like what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 35. A desert wasteland, no water, dry, sickness, fear, all kinds of crime. All ki- you think the world's bad today? Think about the world before there was a church, before there was Jesus, before there was a golden rule, before there was a sermon on the mount, before there was... Think about it. We, you know, we, we like to hear the media say the world's getting worse and worse. I got a feeling it used to be a lot worse than what it is now. And he says, he says, you know what? When I come, all that desert, I'm going to bring life to it. All that sickness, I'm going to bring health to it. All that fear, I'm going to bring strength and courage to it. This is what I'm going to do when I come on the scene. And so if you look at your life, maybe, maybe if you remember before you were a Christian, before you knew the Lord, maybe you don't know the Lord, maybe you aren't walking with Jesus today. And if you look around your life and you say, you know what, it's kind of dry. You know what, there's some fear and there's some anxiety. There's some depression, maybe. There's just, there's just so much that I can't change on my own. That's where Jesus comes in. And he's already here. And he's already come. Yes, we have eternity to look forward to. But his kingdom is breaking forth right now in our lives. And you can be a part of that kingdom. And you can walk in that kingdom authority. And you can walk in that kind of health. And you can walk in that kind of freedom. And you can walk in that kind of courage. And you can walk free from fear. And God can bless you. And he can bless your marriage. And he can bless your business. And he can bless your family. And he'll take you to heaven one day. And you'll get to live with him for all eternity. That's the promise of Christmas this morning. So we're, we haven't gotten quite to preaching on the Christmas story yet. Because I want you to just get this. God has made away he has made a plan and we're going to celebrate the shepherds and the kings and the and the stable and all of that in the coming weeks but right now we're saying look what god has promised and how he's going to fulfill it in our lives